are listening to the Classic Sermons Podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. You will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival sermons from great preachers of the past. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Now I'm going to bring you a message. You know, I just preached to the, the school a moment ago. I preached on John 3.16, For God so loved the world. I thought I might preach to you on the John 3.16 of the Old Testament. The John 3.16 of the Old Testament. Isaiah 53.6 All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him. I thank God he didn't stop to explain who he meant by him. The Lord laid on him the iniquity. Iniquity means sin. He laid all, he laid on him all of our sin. Over oh, here's where I'm born, here's where I'll die. When I laid my sin on Jesus, he laid all my sin, past, present, and future. And when he died for my sins, he died for all my sins, past, present, and future. You said not your future sins. Honey, they were all future when Jesus died. You hadn't committed any of them. You hadn't committed any of them. I want you to notice this verse. This verse opens with all and ends with all. Uncle Bud Robinson said there's enough alls in this verse to set up a shoe shop. But I know this today, if you go in at this first all and come out at the second all, you'll be a Christian. How many of my sin did I lay on Jesus? All. How many did I pay for? All. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath present tense, got it now, everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation. So the moment I trust Jesus Christ as my personal Savior, I am then and there as sure of heaven as if I was already there. Why? Because all of my sin that is paid for from the time I'm born till the time I die. And God won't make two men pay the same debt twice. If He did, He'd be a thief and a scoundrel. Lady said to me, Dr. Lincoln, do you think you'll make it? I said, already got it made. Already got it made. I'm as sure of heaven as if I was already there. Why? Because my sin debt is all paid for. Suppose when my boy was a little fellow, I would have stopped at a store one day and bought him a bicycle and paid for it and got the receipt and went home and said, Bill, I bought you a bicycle. And here's the receipt for it. You go up in the morning and get it. Next morning he goes up to get his bicycle and the man said, you can't have your bicycle. He said, which bicycle? He said, the one my daddy bought for me yesterday. He said, you can't have it. He said, but I've got a receipt for it. He said, I, I don't care. You don't have on the side a kind of a cap I thought you'd have on. You don't have the kind of a jacket I thought you'd have on. You're not as big a boy as I thought you'd be. Therefore, you can't have your bicycle. He'd be a thief and a scoundrel. 
to make one man pay the same debt twice. And yet a lot of people think that after they have trusted Jesus Christ who died and paid for all their sins, past, present, and future, I take this and go up to the gate of heaven and say, I want my mansion. I said, what mansion? I said, the one my Lord bought and paid for. And I got the receipt for it. Here it is. Backed up by a hundred of fulfilled prophecies. But you don't have on the kind of a cap I thought you'd have on. Or the kind of a jacket you'd have on. My friend, the moment I trust Jesus Christ, I'm then and there going to heaven. I used to hear Dr. Martin from whom I learned the gospel. Now don't get excited. Fasten your seatbelt. I used to hear Dr. Martin said, Ladies and gentlemen, if I believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and have eternal life, if I die drunk, I'd go to heaven. And a woman said, oh, Brother Martin, that's terrible. He said it wouldn't be any worse than dying covetous. You're either saved by grace or you're saved by works. Not a mixture of the two. Not a mixture of the two. Lady said, you think you'll make it? Already got it made. Already seated in heaven. Amen. But she said, suppose the devil gets you. I said, how's he going to get me? He doesn't know where I am. For my life is hid with Christ in God. Here I am. The devil throws mud at me every now and then, but he looks in and said, how are you getting along, son? Swimmingly, Lord. Nothing's bothered me anyway. Listen. Why, if the devil got me after that, he'd have to go through God and Jesus and the Holy Ghost. He'd get saved himself before he got there. I have a friend of mine. He thinks, he, he, he really believes he's saved, but he's still got a pretty good feeling that he's still got a good chance to go to hell after all. He was in my meeting one night and I said, I preached on this and I said, now Harry doesn't believe this. But he's just as safe as I am, whether he believes it or not. I said, suppose I go to heaven and I'm walking down the streets of heaven. And I see a big mansion standing on the corner. A big mansion standing on the corner and it says, for rent. And I said, what's that? He said, we built that for Harry. But the day he got, he got here, before he got here, he fell from grace. And we had to rent it out. Amen. I said, where is my mansion? said, we built you one. But the day you were, the day before you arrived, a cyclone blew it away. The same Lord that, pres- that reserves the inheritance will preserve the air. And I'm as sure of it. A lady said, well, I hope you make it because I want to see you in heaven. I said, it's up to you because I'm going. It's up to you because I'm going. Oh, we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord hath laid upon him. This, my friend, I think Isaiah has been commonly called, and I think properly so, the Old Testament gospel prophet. He seemed to have had a clearer conception of the coming one than any of the other Old Testament writers. I like to think of him as the John of the Old Testament. The John of the Old Testament. And he said, Oh, we like sheep. We have gone, everyone has gone astray and turned to his own way. The Lord has laid upon him the iniquity of us all.
How any Jew can read the 53rd chapter of Isaiah and not see there the suffering Messiah, I cannot understand. Now he said, all we like sheep, not like a horse, not like a dog, not like a cow. Because if a horse or a sheep or a cow goes astray, if they're let alone, they will on their own eventually make it back. My father sold a pair of mules once. We lived down on the border of Kentucky and West Virginia. And my father sold a pair of mules and a man took them over in Kentucky ten miles from where we were a fifteen. And a month later they broke out of the field one night and came across the river and got on the railroad and the train ran them up the track. And they came to a railroad bridge and they went through the cracks and were killed. But let alone they would eventually have gotten back. A man, a man went fox hunting and took his famous foxhound with him. And he said he lost him 50 miles from where he had gone. A month passed by. One morning he heard a, a sound of whining out on the back porch and went out, and there his hound stood, rib cage all showing, sore feet. He had made his way for 50 miles back across the rivers and the streams and the mountains and the briars and the thorns and the thistles. But let alone he made his way back. But when a sheep gets astray, he never gets back until someone goes and gets him and brings him back. Because he's the most lost animal in all of the world. I was preaching one night, night on this, and a man out in Nebraska said, Dr. Lincoln, that's so. And they said they're the blindest animal in the world. They can't see more than 20 feet in front of their eyes. He said last winter, in a great blizzard, my father had a flock of sheep and they perished in the blizzard within 40 yards of the barn, the shelter. But they couldn't find it. And when, a, when the shepherd, when the sheep goes astray, he never gets back until someone goes and gets him and brings him back. Because the sheep never seeks the shepherd. The shepherd has got to seek the sheep. You remember the man putting the sheep into the barn, and he said 97, 98, 99. And he had one left. And he locked, the, he locked the door and went out and yonder and got his lantern. Went out into the darkness and out on the mountainside and around the edge of the precipice and the rock cliff, seeking, searching, hunting until he found it. He didn't search for a little while and then return to the comforts of his fireside. But he searched until he found it. How I thank God he did. For I was that one lost sheep. I was that one lost sheep. He searched until he found it. And when he found it, standing out there on the edge of the precipice, trembling, shaking, bleating, and when the shepherd found it, he didn't gra grab a club and thump it all the way back to the, she to the sheepfold. You know, there's a lot of young preachers sometimes get to the idea that the Lord said to beat the sheep. Instead of feed the sheep. And so, when he, the man, when he found the sheep, when the shepherd found the sheep, he picked it up. He picked it up and threw it across his shoulder. Not his shoulder, but he threw it across his shoulders. If he had thrown it across his shoulder, he'd have left a dangle about. 
But when he put it across his shoulder, around his shoulders, he took it with the hind feet with the right hand and the front feet with the left hand and wrapped it around his neck until the sheep rested and rolled, held in the grip of the two strong hands back to the fold. And thus our Lord, when he found us, I didn't find the shepherd, he found me. And when he found me, he took me by the hind feet and by the front feet and wrapped me around his neck, and held me in the grip of his two strong hands, and carried us back to the fold. And when he came in sight of the fold, when he came in sight of the fold, the sheep said, Come on all you other sheep and rejoice with me. I search for the shepherd. And I found the shepherd, and after I found the shepherd, I've followed him continually and faithful. I've been faithful unto the end. Now come and pat me on the back and pat me on the back and for my getting in, at last I've made it. No, he didn't say that, but the shepherd said, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep. No, the sheep didn't find me, I found the shepherd. The sheep didn't follow me. I carried it back. And now I'm easier. Come on and rejoice with me. For I have found the sheep that I lost. And who did the rejoicing? Not the one that was found. But he said, those in the presence of the Lord. And when a sinner is saved, when a sinner is saved, he said, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God. Didn't say the angels was rejoicing. Why? Because angels couldn't rejoice. They do not know the joy of of Christ's salvation. They didn't know that. Oh, you said when we sing, will the angels join in? Yeah, they'll join in and sing until we come to one part of it, and then they'll have to fold their wings because, he said, they do not know the joy that Christ's salvation brings. They do not know the joy of salvation. They have to fold their wings. Someone said to me, Dr. Lincoln, I believe you make it so easy and so light. There's never been a baby born in this world that it wasn't preceded by agony and pain. I said, that's true. But who's, who, at a, they said at a birth, there's never been a baby born that wasn't preceded by agony and birth. But who feels the agony? Who feels the pain? Not the one being born, but the one giving birth. And the agony and pain of my salvation of yours was felt by him 2,000 years ago when he dropped the chin upon a pulseless chest and said, It is finished. Come and rejoice with me. I like that word he said, It's finished. It's finished. Some of you have read Bill Gaither's song that he wrote on it is finished. He wrote that from a sermon I preached in the North Baptist Church in, in, down, down in South Carolina, down in North Carolina. He wrote that one morning when he heard me preach. Listen, my friend, it is finished. And when he dropped his chin upon a pulseless chest, he said, it's finished. The blood dropped from his brow down to his beard and then the dropped on down to the ground. And that one drop of blood whispered to a little grain of sand and said, it's finished. And the grain of sand whispered to the root of the grass and said, it's finished. 
And that little root of the grass pushed itself up until it became a tiny green stem and said, it's finished. And then the tiny green stem waved its fingers to the boughs of the trees and said, it's finished. And the boughs of the trees said to the little birds, it's finished. And the little birds took off of the fleecy clouds and as they passed the fleecy clouds above, they said, it's finished. Down the streets of glory, my friend, until yonder the angel sang, and he said, it's finished. He sat down at the majesty, at the majesty, on the right hand of the majesty on high. It's finished. Let me tell you something. Somebody said, Brother Lincoln, I don't believe in it. A lady said, I don't believe in making as much fuss about my religion. I said, if I didn't have any more than you got, I wouldn't either. I'd keep still. But when I get to thinking how good the good God has been to me, I'm like the old black preacher was down yonder in Mississippi. He'd shout when the preacher preached. One day the old preacher died and they sought away to the preacher factory and got him a new one. And he was a streamlined one and he asked him to have the old man not to shout in the meetings. They went down in the cornfield and told him what the new preacher said. And the old man leaned up against his plow hand and said, Sometimes I does think I carry on a little too much. Maybe I do carry on a little too much, but when I get to thinking, how one dark night the blessed Holy Ghost came. When I get to thinking about it, I've never, I've never had to have an undertaker at my house. Always had a roof above my head. Always had plenty to eat. Then one night when I think about when the blessed Holy Ghost came, convicted me of my sin, and I was washed white and made a child of God. And now, he said, I walk all day with the Father and sleep in his bosom at night while the angels sang me to sleep with their wings. And he's gone home to prepare a place for me. And one of these days, he's coming back again to get me. And I'm going to catch a hold of the wings of the wind. And above the trees and crags and cliffs and clouds, I'll go until the angels sing, lift up your hedge, your gates, and be lifted up your everlasting doors. And I sweep down the streets of glory and sit down at the right hand of God. And with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, where every day is a Sabbath and every month is a May, where the rainbow never fades and the flower never withers, he said, Hold his mule, Ohio. I've got to sing. I've got to shout. You got good religion. It's like the measles. It'll break out on you every morning. I wouldn't give you a nickel for an old dry shook religion. Somebody said, Dr. Lake, can you make too much? I don't see how I still keep a still about this what I do. I feel like running out on the rim of the world and giving through hoops for Jesus. Let me tell you something, my friends. Let me tell you something, my friends. Rejoice that there's rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God. Well, who's in the presence of the angels of God? My mama. My daddy. My boy. They're up there this morning sitting down in the grandstand. Aren't you more watching me preaching? Well, you can bet one thing. Your boy believes this book like he always did. Amen. And you remember you told me just before when I held your hand... 
and you sang, I'm going home, I'm going home. And then you said to me, go on, son, and preach the old gospel. It's just like I taught it to you when you were a little boy. Mother, I'll soon be coming now. But I want you to know that your boy believes this old book just like you always do. Listen to me, my friends. Listen to me, my friend. I was born and reared on a farm. I feel sorry for a boy that wasn't reared on a farm. That didn't have a, far, a barn to run to when his mama got after him. Amen. <laughs> My mama was an old-fashioned woman. She didn't know anything about sparing the rod and spoiling the child. She whooped us. I noticed the other day where some psychiatrist cycles in that you should never strike the child. You'll warp his personality. I've had mine warped a good many times. I've had mine warped a good many times. No, my friend, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. The cycle I don't pay much attention to. Well, a fellow went to one not long ago and he said, Doc, I have a feeling that I'm a dog. He said, how long have you had that feeling? He said, ever since I was a puppy. And he said, my brother feels like he's a chicken. said, why don't you tell him he isn't? He said, we need the eggs. I believe it's those that have died and gone or yonder. Do you think they know in heaven what we're doing? I'm sure they do. I'm sure they do. You think we'll know each other in heaven? I think I'd hate to think I'd have less sense when I'm perfect than I do when I'm imperfect. Those yonder, listen, some old mother that, that's, that, 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 wept, that wept in her pillow at the midnight hour and said, where is my wandering boy tonight? Don't you think she'd make heaven ring with hallelujahs if she'd see that boy or girl coming down an aisle somewhere trusting Jesus Christ? I was born and reared on a farm. I found that sheep usually got astray in two ways. Either by being scared by the dogs or by a desire to get into better pasture. Old sheep said as he looked down the side of the mountain and across the brook and over onto the other side, he said, if I can get out of here and get down yonder and cross the crawl through the fence and get over on the other side, the grass will be greener. And the water will be more, will be more sharper. If I could just do that, I'd be happy. Listen to me. And so they crawled down yonder and through the fence and tore his wool and on the other side, but he didn't find what he thought he would. He found blistering sun, stinging nettles, sharp rocks. He didn't find what he thought he would. And the first thing you know, he's running up and down the side of the mountain, bleating out his disappointment and saying, I would God I never had left the old pest. Now listen, young people. Some of you get to feeling sometimes like God puts you on short picking. And you said, if I can throw off the restraint, and if I can throw off some of the regulations that they have, if I can throw off some of this, then I'll be happy. Then I'll be happy. 
If I can get away from the Sunday school and the church, if I can get away from the home and the prayer meeting, I'll be happy. So you tried it. You tried it. You said, if I can only get into the tavern and the dance hall and all of that, I'll be happy. You tried it, but it didn't bring it. Amen. You tried that. Then some of you said, some of you by being scared by the dogs. You know, a boy said this. He said, I was born and reared on the farm in the country. My parents went to church in that little church every Sunday. We had Sunday school. We had prayer meeting. We had family prayer. One day my daddy died. I had resented. I had rebelled against that religious business. My daddy died and he said, my mother continued to have the prayer meetings and continued to have the family altar. And I rebelled against it and I went away. I went away and I went across the continent and the time rolled on and one day I got a message that said, if you want to see your mother, you better come home. He said, I got on a train and I crossed the continent and I got off of the train one night. Moon was shining and I walked out that country road to the little farm and on the way I had to pass by a cemetery. And I said, I believe I'll crawl through this fence and see if there's any new graves. And I crawled through the fence, and there under the moonlight I saw a new grave beside my father's. I knew what it meant, and I fell upon my face and said, Oh, God, I wonder who will pray for me now. I wonder who will pray for me now. How did you get astray? By being scared by the dogs. The dogs leaped over the fence and scattered it hither and yon. Maybe it was a great sorrow that came into your life. You turn to, you turn to some sort of pleasure. I've seen people turn to booze to try to drown it. Sir Ray saw maybe some great financial reversement will come someday. And you can't take it and you turn to, you turn to dope and to drink. You turn to that. And you got away. You got away. But this one here. Then I've seen the fellow said, they just, he said, they went away. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. That's what you said. I'm going to have my own way. I told my old man and my old woman, little fella came up to me one day with an Australian sheepdog haircut. And a pair of britches on so narrow at the bottom he couldn't get his britches on without greasing his legs. And he said to me, I told my old man and my old woman that I think, I said, in the first place, you can't think. You don't have any head. You just have a nick with a run up and the stub hired over. It's just a pimple. It hasn't come to a head yet. But I told my old man and my old woman that I was going to have my own way. I said, you can't have your own way. You either have God's way or the devil's way, but you can't have your own. And whenever a fellow goes around dressed out like that, with a cigarette parked under his nose and feeling his upper lips of the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen, when he gets like that, you know, listen, I tell you what you might as well do, you might as well expect to go down to jail some morning and get him out, amen. Sin in his lost analysis. Sin in his lost analysis. Is it a determination to live as you please? That's it. You have no right to say, I'll do as I please. 
It's nobody's business what I do. It's everybody's business what I do. Turn everyone to his own way, and the Lord doth lead on him. The iniquity of us all, iniquity of us all, past, present, and future. And I said, when he died, he paid for all of it. And you'll go to heaven either by trusting Christ. You know, there's two roads in heaven. There's two roads to heaven taught in the Bible. If I ever get to come back someday, I'll tell you what they are. Well, I'll tell you this. You say, what is it, Brother Lincoln? Well, the rich young ruler said, what good thing shall I do to inherit eternal life? What do you say? Keep the commandments. Never said a word about Jesus dying for his sin. Why, that's the other road. God never mixes the two. Preachers do and churches do, but God's word never dies. Listen to the woman in Simon's house. Thy faith has saved thee. Not a word about Jesus dying for him. Not a, not a word about keeping the commandments. Keeping the commandments. And there they are. What does he mean? If you keep the commandments. They asked the rich young ruler. He said, what good thing shall I do? I said, keep, they said, keep the commandments. If a man kept the commandments from the time he was born till the time he died, never committed a single sin, he'd go to heaven. Now look out. Don't get scared. He'd go to heaven without any Jesus Christ. Why? Why? You said I'd go to hell for Adam's sin. I didn't commit Adam's sin. So therefore there is no penalty resting upon me for Adam's sin. The Jews got that idea. And they said the foxes have eaten sour grapes and the children's teeth are set on edge. But he corrected them and said, As I live, saith the Lord, you'll have none occasion to use that proverb again in Israel. The soul that sinneth, it shall die. You're going to hell for your own willful personal transgression. You said, well, I'll go to hell for a sinful nature. God doesn't send you to hell for a sinful nature. I'd go to hell for Adam's sin. I didn't commit Adam's sin. Well, you said, then I'll, I'll, but the moment you commit one sin, the moment you commit one sin, you failed on that road. Then what do you do? Turn absolutely from that to the other road, our Savior, Jesus Christ, who loved us and gave himself for us. You said, well, I'll live, a, I'll keep the commandments from now on. Oh no. For God requireth that which is past. You don't get rid of your, your bill at the grocery store by paying cash from now on. You're going to have to pay the past bill. You can't pay, so that's been paid. Amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. Let me tell you another thing, my friend. Listen, let me tell you another thing. You're going to have to see this one thing. You said, then if I keep the, you said, but I'll go to hell for a sinful nature. You don't go to hell. If you do, every baby that dies would have to go to hell. Amen. You know, knowing your Bible will unfit you for hearing a lot of preaching. I've had a lot of mine spoiled, but finding out wasn't so. Let me tell you something. But the moment you trust Jesus Christ, then as your own personal Savior, thank God, you're assured of heaven as you're already there because your sin debt's already been paid up till the time you're born, from the time you're born till the time you die, and He'll never make two men pay the same debt twice. He'll never make two men pay the same debt twice. All we like sheep have gone astray. Everyone turned to his own way, and the Lord hath laid upon him the iniquity of soul. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter. Like a sheep before her, shearers is dumb. So he opened not his mouth. Did you ever think about a shorn sheep? 
how they led him yonder like a sheep before shearers. What's uglier than a shorn sheep? You ever see one with the wool all gapped and pieces taken out of the skin and blood bespattered? Nothing. What's uglier than a shorn sheep? Did you ever look at your Lord when they sheared him? When they sheared him and his face was marred above that of every other man. And you couldn't stand to even look upon him. And we hid as it were our faces from him. That's what it means, my friend, to be shorn. Yeah, to be shorn. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter like a sheep before her shears is dumb. He opened not his mouth. He opened not his mouth. Let me give you a word today. Wounded for my transgression and bruised for my iniquity. And the chastisement of my peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. Dr. Truett out yonder in Dallas, Texas, said a woman said to him, a woman called him one day many, many years ago, and she said, I'm speaking for a woman down here in the city's reservation. We've heard down here that you love sinners. That's a good thing to get out on a preaching, that he loves sinners. And she's dying, and he said, would you come in down and see her? And he said, I got Mrs. Truett, and we got in the carriage in those days and drove across the city and down and up to the door where she was staying, where she was living. And one of her kind met me at the door and said, come in, and I went in. And when I went in, I knelt down beside the bed and said, started to shake hands with her. She pulled her hand back under the curtain, back under the cover, and said, I couldn't shake hands with a pure man like you. And I said, read this here. And she said, I can't read. She said, put my finger on it and read it. And I put her finger on it. And it said, come, let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, they should be white as wood. Though they be red like crimson, they should be as snow. She said, does that say that? She said, put my finger on it and read it again. When I did that, then she said, that's mine. They're scarlet. They're crimson. Then she felt her forehead and said, No thorn has ever pierced that. But he was bruised for my iniquity. She said, Feel in my fingers. She put her finger in her hand and said, No nail has ever been driven in that. But she said, He was, he was wounded for my transgressions. No spear has ever pierced that. And then she felt her, her back and said, No lash has ever been laid on that. But with his stripes, I am healed. Young people, if you never hear it again in this world, you've heard the gospel this morning. I'm sorry to have taken so much time. I love to preach. I get to heaven, I'm going to take the angels over in the corner and preach to them a little while. Because I know something they don't know. The joy of Christ's salvation. Thank you for listening to the Classic Sermons Podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. To listen to many more powerful sermons, visit our website, PreachTheBible.org. If you enjoy Christian music and programming, visit knvbc.com for Christian music you can trust.